from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Ryan Levy. This was a big week for the family separation crisis. Today is the court-ordered deadline for the U.S. government to reunite immigrant families separated at the border. More than 2,500 children between the ages of 5 and 17 were held in custody as a result of the administration's zero-tolerance policy. That was Thursday, and the federal government says it has reunified more than 1,800 kids with their parents or sponsors. This experience will be with these kids their entire lives. The California Report magazine has been doing a series of stories looking at the long-term impacts of childhood separation. And I want to share one of them with you today. It's from KQED's Laura Clivens, and it's about 19-year-old Arvon Williams. His dad was locked up on and off for years while Arvon was growing up. Here's Laura. When Arvon thinks of his father, he's overcome with emotion. On the one hand, his eyes sparkle when he talks about his dad. It's like Aaron Williams was a celebrity, a charming, good-looking guy everyone wanted to be around. Every moment with him was surreal, and I don't mean to, like, overhype that. So whenever I would see him, we would go on these over, you know, overzealous experiences, lavish trips to the mall, trips to the amusement parks. But then there were the bleak stretches when his dad was behind bars for reasons adults kept hidden from Arvon. His dad would be gone for months, once he was away for three years. Sometimes Arvon knew where his dad was. Other times he didn't. He'd call him and talk to his voicemail. His dad wouldn't call back. It's like being high constantly and then crashing when they're away. Like, and then, like, not being able to recuperate or function when they're not around. It's because you're always looking for them. You're wondering where they are, what they're doing, are they thinking about you? Arvon's parents split up when he was a toddler. He spent his childhood living with his mom in San Francisco. His father had kids with other women, so Arvon felt he could never get enough attention from his dad, even when he was out of prison or jail. It made those few moments with him feel like fireworks. Like the time he showed up at Arvon's elementary school after he'd just been released. Suddenly, Arvon's dad was there, standing just inside the classroom doorway, in baggy jeans, a leather jacket, and a black beanie. Hey, like, he he stopped class for me, like, you know, which was... I've never seen done. Like, you know, like, no one really, like, stop a whole room for me. <laughs> but he made me feel that special. Like, yeah, like, I'm here, and I'm here for you. Arvon captures those moments through his spoken word. That started when he joined a program for kids with incarcerated parents. His mentors encouraged him to process his experiences through writing. When I saw you, I had hopped on my seat and I ran to you. Couldn't believe my eyes had deceived and expanded to you. You own my heart and you was the man. I'm brand to you when I speak now, knowing I'll be a man to you. My only wish is that I lack you. You hold me across your tattoos and when I go to kiss you, you'll be a kissing me back too. This cycle, the separations and reunions, continued for years. Until one December morning in 2012. Arvon was 14. It was just shocking. Like, the floor fell from beneath my feet. Your father is dead. Arvon and his mother never got the full story of what happened. They don't know who shot and killed his father at a gas station. All the dreams Arvon had for a future with his dad destroyed. You'll never ever have the option to to grow with this man you'll never enjoy a beer with this man this man will never teach you how to shave 
I hate the fact that I'm 19 and without you. I hate the fact that when I got ready for prom that there was nothing without you. I hate the fact that there's no unity like when I entered puberty. I was going through some changes and neglect from you was new to me. Arvon says losing his dad made him wrap a thick coat around his heart to prevent people from getting too close. Well, it teaches me to keep my distance, um, even though like that's really not the most healthiest choice, but it's the safest choice. And sometimes it goes into people who just want to open doors for me and, you know, be mentors for me. It looks like me shutting them down. Like, it looks like me cussing them out. It looks like me telling them my mind simply because they trying to act like my daddy. The man Arvon is modeling himself after is gone. And part of me feels empty simply because, like, I don't, I don't have a forecast of what life can look like for me. Some people could look at their parents and see their future. I don't have that. But he's making his way. Even though he's just 19, he works full-time at a nonprofit for people with disabilities. He's a student at San Francisco State University, and he wins awards for his spoken word. It's funny how I made your English, but you're left with the sentence. You were subject to the prejudice, a predicate instance. Like you're hearing you be going in an instant. Be consistent. I write because I loved you the most. Now it's resentment. Arvon's still not sure how to feel about his dad. He doesn't know what his dad was up to that landed him behind bars so many times. But Arvon's starting to see his dad, this man who never finished high school, as someone just trying to provide for his kids. Arvon sees that happening all around him. Recently, He's seen it on the U.S.-Mexico border. Parents going to any extreme to make a better life for their kids, but then winding up apart from them. Like, circumstances may be different, but the story is the same. Like, and the outcome is, is, is no different until someone decides to say enough is enough. In both cases, Arvon Williams says he sees a larger system that keeps parents and kids apart. He says some young men fill in the gap left by their incarcerated fathers with the streets or drugs. Some of them are dead because of it. Arvon hopes the choices he's made can model a different path forward. Arvon's relationship with his dad was joyous, painful, and confusing. But along the way, it helped Arvon discover a powerful tool, his voice. I hope that at the end of this, you feel no shame. I'm committing you for neglect. It may seem so strange, but I doubt you. I had to figure it out, too. In the next life, I'll be twice as bold, ready for round two. Thanks to Laura Clivens for that story. You can hear more stories from that series about the long-term impacts of childhood separation by subscribing to the California Report magazine. Just look for the bear with earbuds. And while you're doing that, make sure you're subscribed to Cued Up. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a rating and a review too. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week. telling you a lot these last few months about The Leap, KQED's podcast about people making life-changing decisions. Well, The Leap's third season is coming to an end, and the last episode is a doozy. 
It's about a San Francisco communist who snuck into Syria to join a Kurdish militia and ended up fighting ISIS. I promise you do not want to miss this story. You'll find it on The Leap wherever incredible podcasts are distributed.